Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Power and Motor Yacht podcast. This is Chris Dixon, senior editor at Power and Motor Yacht magazine. A couple of weeks ago, a beautiful 83-foot Ferretti yacht foundered off Chubb Key in the Bahamas. Video of the sinking, posted by Miami captain Pedro Garcia, soon started popping up on social media feeds everywhere. Like everyone else, we had questions. Rather than pontificating, though, we decided to reach out to Captain Garcia himself. The good captain runs the Miami-based Diamond Yacht Charters. He stumbled on the boat quite unexpectedly on July 6th during a delivery. Initially, I had just expected to write a short Q&A with Garcia about what he saw. But Garcia turned out to be an experienced mariner who has been plying these occasionally treacherous waters for better than a decade, running charters and delivering big boats. So we thought we'd turn the interview into a podcast. Garcia not only ended up talking about the viral sinking of a very nice boat, but provided some valuable insight into navigating Bahamian waters, what happens to a boat like this after she founders, and what the future might hold for an unfortunate yacht called The Life. Captain Garcia, tell me a little bit about yourself and and your business um, down there driving boats. Well, it's freelance most often, but mm-hmm. uh, like I'm saying, and my name is Pedro. I lived alone and lived all my life in Florida, uh-huh. Miami. Uh, born and raised. We run a we run a charter company with my brother, the uh, Diamond Yacht Charters. Cool. Uh, I was doing a freelance job bringing a tender from from uh, Samuel Pay, bringing it back to Miami, and we ran across like on like on the video. Yeah, it's the eighty three Ferretti. It went. It actually went down July third. Wow. And I spoke to a couple people that have given me some information. One of the gentlemen was actually talking to the chef on the on the vessel when it happened. Uh-huh. All they know is that he, they hit something. And then started taking on water. Uh, my understanding or my, what I believe is if, if you actually look on Google Earth, right east, east of that northwest channel marker going to Chub Cave, mm-hmm. there's actually a shallow bar that's full of rocks. Mm. And my, my guess would be they ran right over that because it's small. It's not like a big sandbar. And that's probably what they hit. Just an outcropping, they basically. anchored right away. The vessel was anchored. The vessel, I guess, anchored, I guess, to try to fix the problem or estimate the damage. Or, mm-hmm. But when I found it, it had it, the Ferretti has two anchors, and one was down. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, like I'm saying, uh, that the waters there, I'm not sure if they misjudged it. Because the channel going into, into that channel marker goes from... The waters go from 18 to 700 to 300 to 70 to 20. Wow. And that's like within 150 yards. Really? So it's that big of, it's 300 yards. It goes, it goes, it goes that big. Yeah. Wow. So, and that, that, that brings up an interesting, you know, just an interesting point from when you look at, at, at NOAA charts and, or even, you know, Google or satellite images of that area around Chubb Key, um, talk a little bit more in general, just about, you know, if you were, if you were telling somebody who was not used to navigating those waters and didn't want to employ your services, you know, what do you, what do you tell folks who are, who are piloting around, um, you know, that part of the Bahamas and just the Bahamas in general, you know? 
Well, that if you're if you're heading south towards, let's say, Spaniel K or Chub K mm -hmm. or even New Providence, it, that northwest channel marker is one of the one of the most points where you get a lot of traffic, mm -hmm. especially bigger boats, because the waters there are like people they try to tend tend to be careful because it's 15, 20 feet, mm -hmm. and, but it's mostly 20 feet. Until that channel marker, if they're going south, once they go past that channel marker, that's where the waters get deep. Yeah, gotcha. Depending on which way you're facing, it's the first, it's the closest deep section into he heading towards New Providence. Mm -hmm. So look at it, like I'm saying on Google, it looks like an upside down ice cream. <laughs> and that's the point where the channel marker is, where it starts to get deep. Right. And then that's why people head that way. But there's shallow spots in between, in other words, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's shallow. Is one, if you're heading north past the marker, it's usually it's usually 20 to 15 feet. Mm -hmm. There's very very little on the east side on the east side of the of the channel marker. There's there's like four or five bars where there's actually rocks and it gets really low into like the five feet, four feet on low tide. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what they hit. That's that's my guess. I haven't spoken to anyone on the vessel. The gentleman I spoke to, like I say, was talking to the chef when they actually hit something. And the the chef is actually on another vessel. Same owner, I guess, is what I heard, what he told me. Did they have any indication of how Same quickly owner? how quickly the boat you know took on water and, and no, went down? Didn't. Can you hear me he okay? Didn't tell me. He didn't tell me, but I know that I know the boat's been salvaged. Ah. I have a picture of the salvage. I just can't share because I have to wait till the insurance company surveys the vessel Understood. because it's actually the, the salvage company that sent me the picture. Gotcha. Um, uh, I know it's been salvaged, and I know it's already at port. I'm not sure if it, if they took it to New Providence or if they brought it towards uh, Florida. I would I would guess New Providence or Chub Key is your probably best closer place. Do you think it's possible at all? I'm I'm wondering from your experience, you know, piling those those waters and how long have you been delivering um you know, delivering boats and 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 motoring those waters yourself, not just Chub Key, but just well, you know, the Bahamas I, in general. I've run I've ran to the Bahamas for the last like 10 years on and off. It's mostly delivering vessels. Mm -hmm. uh, the charters that I do is usually local here in Florida. Gotcha. And what kind of boat hey, do you couple, charter there's from? There's a couple. I have I have a 42 foot, or my brother, not me. I I usually drive a 52 a Sea Ray Sundancer. My brother has a 42 Sea Sea Ray sedan. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and in terms of in terms of just those waters in general, do you think that there's any possibility? I mean, I guess anything's possible, but but do you? You know, do you typically or do you ever see, you know, big marine debris that could that could take a boat out like that, you know, floating in the channels? I'm thinking containers that have fallen off or or. No, no, no. no I've never I've never ran across anything like that. Gotcha. Never ran. I've ran across a couple of pilots here and there, but smaller, smaller debris, nothing, nothing that would really it would damage a prop or something or a shaft. But. Not really take out a boat. Yeah, gotcha. I've never ran into one. I've never seen one, anything even even close to that. 
What did you think when you uh, it, we'll, we'll back up real quick. Were you aware that this boat had foundered from radio communications and and did no. you or oh, no, you just no. I actually wow. So you just stumbled I on it. I actually found the alert. Yeah, I actually found the alert when I got back to Florida. Oh, okay. I actually saw the alert. Somebody, my brother posted it on Facebook. Somebody had posted the alert. And that's when I found out that it had gone down on the third. When I was going towards the channel marker, I was, I kept looking at it and I'm like, I'm looking at it and saying, damn, it's, it doesn't look like a boat because you, you can't see like the whole shape. Right. As I was getting closer and closer. I was like, it, it looks kind of weird. I said, like, let me, let me head that way because I saw somebody on like a little flat boat out there. <laughs> I was like, let me let me get close to it and see it. And as I actually got closer, is one of the pictures that I took is the furthest picture that I took is that's when I actually made out that it was the bow of the boat uh, that was sticking up out of the water. Right. Yeah, it's a trip. I mean, it, you know, and, and, and obviously it, it got. I found out. Say I again? actually found out with uh, people, you know, texting or emailing me and stuff off of the post and posting that the boat's name is called the Life. The Life, L-I-F-E. It's an 80, yeah, it's an 83 Ferretti and it's called The Life. Gotcha. Um, well, it, it, maybe it'll have a second life, uh, if, yeah. they, if they can yeah, successfully salvage it. I mean, geez, I, I can't imagine the level of, the level of refurb that's going to have to go into a, a, a beautiful boat like that that spent that much time in the water. I mean, do you think, you know, do you think that they'll actually, restore the boat or that they're just going to yank yank whatever's valuable off of it i believe i don't believe i i don't know the extent of the damage to the hull Mm -hmm. but uh, as far as as far as the vessel itself it was pretty stripped to Ah, say the least when i saw it like all the wires were hanging and I actually, t- I actually told a buddy of mine that was on another vessel that we were coming back together, and he, I was like, I think they only left the one anchor that was on top of the bow and and the steering wheel. Everything else has like been taken out. It's interesting. There, I read this book, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's it was an old book, but it was about it was about these people back in the I guess in the early 1900s, maybe even the 1800s, who basically made a living. Off of there were so many boats that foundered, you know, and ran up on reefs back um, before there were reliable charts in that part of the world that there was like a full economy of of people that stripped boats for a living and and salvaged them. And I, I think it was the the diary of a wrecker or or something like that. I can't remember the title of it. Um, but no, yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, it's, it was it's really interesting because it talks about like how you know, how these guys, you know, literally would wait until, you know, there'd been a storm and then they'd just patrol the, patrol the reefs and, and, and find a boat and, and, and strip it. And there was a whole industry of that, you know, and, and obviously I guess reliable navigation and nautical charts make that a lot less likely now, but, you know, in this case, somebody, folks got to it, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually commented on on the post that said anything that goes down like that in in the Bahamas section within like two three hours once the boat is on its own it's it's basically people start taking stuff off of it I don't, I don't know if that's true or not I've never like I'm saying I've never ran across a sinking boat crossing and mm-hmm. I've never really ever seen anyone taking it apart somebody was on it and somebody eventually I don't know if it was the people that went down or whoever rescued them, but the boat did have a 
like a reflector tape on a little, like an orange buoy on the top mm. of the roof. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it's just so if somebody, like, if they were spotlighting it, uh, driving at night, navigating those waters at night, could see it. Yeah. But it did have some type of reflective tape on the, on the, on one of the antennas on the roof there. Gotcha. Well, what, um, were you surprised that, I mean, obviously, you know, this, the, this thing got shared all over the place. Were you surprised that it, that, that it blew up as much as it did? And, and I mean, you've gotten obviously a lot of, a lot of commentary in, in various places yeah. since it happened, you know? Yeah. As, as I've, as I, when people start posting on there and as the questions that they ask, as I've come across and answers, I've been able to answer some of them. Everybody asking me and PMs and stuff like that. What happened? How did it happen? I don't know. I'm, I tell them my guess, but I don't know for sure. I haven't been able to contact anyone from the vessel. Right. And, but all, other than that, people just start questioning, you know, if it was alcohol involved. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, there was no alcohol involved. I mean, it's just, it, it looked like it was bad, bad damn luck. And at least in part, yeah. Yeah, just exactly. Gotcha. I guess it was I the guy that the guy that actually gave me most of the information. I forgot to ask him if it was if the accident actually happened at night because mm -hmm. maybe they ran across that bar navigating at night. Absolutely. But I never I didn't get to ask him. Well, um, man, I appreciate the time and tell me again the the name of your uh, of of the company that. Diamond, that Diamond Yacht Charters. Got it. Okay. Um, well, thanks. Uh, really appreciate the time and, and hope your deliveries go smoothly and you don't stumble upon any other uh, boats like no, that. No, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, Captain Garcia. Thank you, Chris. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to the Power and Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or a rating. Spread the word on social media, or better still, support our work by subscribing to the magazine at powerandmotoryacht.com. Again, thanks, and we hope to see you on and not in the water real soon.